I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Pete Reese. I'm Adam Pendleberry. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. The one thing that's going to dominate this podcast, the referee used today, it's just going from bad to worse. We'll start off with the stats from the game. Charlie's going to run through the stats for us. Yeah, so stats from the game. Obviously, the big one, 1-0 one to Stevenage. Ball possession, they had 48%. We had 52. Shots in total, they had 13. We had 10. Five on target for them, just the two on target for us, which is obviously, I think, our last two games combined. So we're, we're really struggling to hit the target at the minute. Corner balls, eight to them, three to us. Stevenage committed 18 fouls and came away with three yellow cards and one red card. And Wigan committed 18 fouls as well, but we got 11 yellow cards and then the one red card for Callum Lang as well. And then attendance was 4,402. Uh, I'll run through the team. Tittle, back three of Rekic, Hughes, Watts, Clure and Sessignon as wingbacks. Adiko on Asgard in midfield with Godot, Lang just behind Stevie Humphreys, who was playing as the focal point up front. Josh McGuinness, post-match quotes. The ref spoke before the game. I'll try to keep my cards in my pocket today. And we all thought it was going to be a free-flowing game. That obviously wasn't the case. Bit of an understatement, though, from Josh. I mean, the first yellow card was five minutes. Stephen Sessignon for kicking the ball away. But we've seen today, uh, the women in the Women's Super League, Alex Greenwood get a red card for the most ridiculous bit of time wasting. If you've not seen it, just search it and have a look at it. And I just think we're in a, a really dangerous place with all this at the moment. Getting back to our game yesterday, first cards sort of set the tone and then the penalty. I can honestly say yesterday was, uh, I've never had a feeling like uh, that after watching a Latics match before, but I felt it was like a complete waste of time watching that match. The gold rule is that, the, you, you know, a good referee, you shouldn't notice the referee. I mean, with him, it went to the other extreme, didn't it? He, he, he dominated the entire proceedings yesterday afternoon, which we should never get into. He ruined it. The, the whole point of the match disappeared with his card happiness and uh, the early sending off again. But I don't think he was entirely to blame. One of our two players need to have a look at themselves about their, their discipline. Maybe we'll come back to that in a minute. But the whole point of the game is if you get a, if you get an early sending off in a game, it, it ruins it. And he didn't seem to be a referee who entered that pitch thinking, I'm going to do my best to keep 11 players per side on, on on the pitch here it just never happened and it was it just felt like a, co- a completely pointless sporting event for me there must be something drastic has changed as well in the training for the referees or the rules and maybe the, the referees just aren't fully getting to grips with what the new rules are or the people who put the new rules in place haven't really got an understanding of how a football game works but before we started recording i looked at how many red cards we've had in our games this season we've had five so far which three for us and two for other teams and you've got to go back to July 20th, 2022, before the start of this season, for the span of the five cards before the one that we've had this season. You had Rekix against Burnley in March. Before that, you had a Preston sending off in February. Before that was Blackpool sending off. I think it was Ek Potato on November. Then you had Bennett's been sent off against Birmingham back in August last year. And then there was Preston in July last year. So before the five that have happened this year, that's how far you've got to go back before the red cards. And the decisions this year, like you were talking about, the Greenwood one for Man City, there's a split second between her trying to look upfield to to send the ball long and then just sending it to the right. And there was no real time wasting. 
So second yellow and a red card. Then you had Stephen Humphreys today on Twitter saying that he questioned whose ball it was when the ball went out of play. He got a yellow card. Why is it so cheap now to get a yellow card compared to what it used to be? But it is just ruining games for me. And it's unless something changes quickly, I think it's just going to ruin the entire season for a lot of teams, I think. That record you just talked about as well is... If you look looking at red cards, is even better because actually the Bennett one was overturned, wasn't it? Whereas you know these yellow ones, we can't get overturned. You know, I think the only overturning of a yellow is I think mistaken identity. You know that that's the problem. And we, the next game we'll play in the league, we we won't have Lang and we won't have White. Some of our players must be getting close now to um, hitting the five as well. I, I've not had a look at that, but I'm. Presuming, given all the yellow cards we've had, that there'll be a time when we might have a few suspensions at the same time. You know, Pete was saying it was a waste of his time. Well, you know, rain rain trip for me probably spent way over hundred quid. You know, it was a it was nice before the game. Like Barry always said about Accrington, you know, it was really good to go into the supporters' club and mix with some of the Stevenage fans. It was nice as well because they've been on that journey, haven't they, for twenty years from non-league. But as soon as that first whistle blew. And also as well, what made it worse is the fact that the game only finished about half past five. We had to sit through this referee for an extra half an hour. It was just all about the ref and you can't get any flaw to the game. And I said to the guy next to me, after the sending off, this will finish 1-0 because it's just that sort of game. There's no flaw to it at all. Yeah, awful experience. When you're asking about the yellow cards there, Stephen Humphreys and Sean Clare both have four yellow cards each, so could be suspended in the next one or two games. You've got Adiko, Pierce and Omar Rekic have all got three yellow cards each, so over the next couple of games, you know, we could see suspensions there and we're, we're already struggling to put a fully fit and in <laughs> suspension-free squad together, so it could get a lot worse over the next couple of games. Let's look at that penalty incident then. Now, on first viewing, I thought penalty, because I thought Adiko come in from, from the back of him and just bungled into him, but I put some stills on our chat group and he's not coming from the back of him. He's coming at the side. It looks to me quite obviously that he's got the toe to the ball. It's changed direction. And, and the, the Stevenage player's done a no-shot. They both hit the deck. Doesn't any claims initially until the referee blew his whistle, pointed to the spot, and everybody's arm goes up. Also, the initial contact was just outside the box as well, on retrospect. And I know I've had an opportunity to, to look at it again, and the referee doesn't get that. But for me... It was another decision where I feel we've been hard done to. But we got away with one with Lang, because if he's giving that as a free kick, he's three yards inside the box, so that's a penalty. Ridiculous. So what do you think about the penalty? Very soft. I think I think either soft to not a penalty, somewhere in between that, really. For me, early in the game, you've got to have a bit of common sense. He can't have been absolutely certain. He just can't have been. And for me, a penalty, you've got to be certain. Same with a red card as well. Personally, I, you know, I, I'd say... No, but like Barry said, um, it, it wasn't even close, was it, with Lang? He was so far in the box. He was nearly on the penalty spot. I, I just don't understand it, but I, I think one of the issues is, are there enough referees coming through? I think some of this is more, I think this is, is more coming from the top and the, the behaviour of some of the players in the Premier League at times, which is atrocious. And that feeds down, I think, to the amateur game and the younger game, and referees are getting put off. Who wants to be a referee? So we're left with a pilot because there's no one else coming through. Talking about the red card, we're going to put a case for the prosecution and a case for the defence. Now, I believe it wasn't. And seen Pete 
tweet that he thought it was very reckless of Lang. So, Pete, your case for the prosecution, was it a booting? <laughs> well, the thing is, I think you've got to go a bit further back. I, I talked about ill-discipline before, and I think it was very foolish the way we started the game, where Sessegnon got a needless yellow card for kicking the ball away. Shortly after that, Asgard got a, a needless yellow card but for what looked like dissent. Well, I think the penalty was given then, and then Callum Lang got his first yellow card for dissent. I think it was straight after that 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 he was shown applauding the referee, obviously sarcastically, for his yellow card. Now, he's not going to win himself any friends by, by doing that, is he? So we've got three yellow cards there already, completely needlessly, two for dissent, one for kicking the ball away. And then Callum Lang, in a defensive position with... No intention to play the ball from what I can see. He's in the penalty area. Quite clearly he's in the penalty area. And from my point of view, he waits till the play goes up in the air. He backs into him. And I think that the referee has perhaps given him a yellow card then for dangerous play. Because if a play's in the air, you do that. He's, the play's going to come tumbling down quite badly. You could injure him. Personally, I don't think it's worthy of a yellow card because it means he's got to send him off quite early in the game. And I think it should have been on perhaps the last warning for that. But I think it was extremely foolish of Callum Lang to make that kind of challenge in the first place. And where it was, was even more idiotic. Struggling to have any sympathy with Callum Lang in this situation. And what's more important is that he's the captain. What on earth is he doing as the captain and not leading by example. He should be trying to calm his players down and not not rile them up. Yeah, I think it was a foul. I think he's, the referee's missed a penalty, quite a clear penalty, which he should have given. But I don't think it's in the circumstances about if we're trying to keep players on the pitch and not ruin games, then he should have given him a last warning and not given him a second yellow. Well, you've almost presented the case for the defence, though, Pete. So for a pro <laughs> prosecution, solicitor, uh, thank you very much. I mean, one of the things that you mentioned, Callum Lang, is the captain. And his first booking was actually for questioning a decision to give a corner when it quite clearly was a dead ball kick. So as captain, he's gone over and said, is that not a dead ball? And he's got himself a yellow card for questioning that. A skipper surely has got every right to do that. In my book, he has. And I want our players in the referee's ear. We loved a, a particular player at this club, Michael Brown, never shut up on referee's cases all the way through games. Then the second incident presents itself. Again, if you look at some stills that are out there, Lange looks at the ball first and foremost. It's eye in the air. He's looking at the ball. It's a skyer. He's thinking, this is coming down in the box. This could be dangerous if one of the players gets it. Now, everybody says he looks at the player. Of course he looks at the player. That's got to look at what's around him. So he's looked at the player and moved across to try and block him. More obstruction than anything else. But you don't get obstruction these days. Obstruction is an indirect free kick, so it wouldn't have been a penalty. But I still don't believe that Callum Lang's offence was an offence. I think he's shielded the ball. Not worthy of a yellow card. And Callum Lang should have been on that pitch. Weigh the evidence up and give us your decision. Pete's made a good point. I would say that... What I would say is that Callum Lang sometimes runs over to the referee and, and I think you could argue that whatever he's saying, his actions are looking a bit aggressive. So I, I think he just needs to calm down a bit and put his energy, like he did two seasons ago, put his energy and his skill and his effort into doing what he's good at and that's scoring goals, guilty. So mine's not really decision on the overall uh, case. It's a decision made on the first yellow card. And I, I thought 
Lang was a bit stupid on that. But I think because we need two yellows to equal a red, I think my decision is not a sending off. For me, it's not a red card. But I, I do agree that if you, if I'm looking at that starting lineup yesterday and I'm going to pick out two players that I always think are going to run a, run a risk of a yellow card, Omar Rekic and Callum Lang. And Lang, if you're captain, needs to have a better head on him than complaining about everything. But I do think it's right to question decisions. But I just think the way he goes about it maybe is virgin. So that's where that's where the lines get blurred for me. Can I just make a point about the captaincy as well? It's uh, something that's really, I think to be with it, was just kind of getting on my nerves a little bit. But it, it, it's something I, I really, really don't like is that we've got a club captain, Josh McGuinness, who's not a regular starter. We've got a vice captain, Callum Lang, who of late has been a bit in and out of the team as well. And for reasons that we've already talked about, it was something my, that I agreed with my when my daughter said to me at the beginning of the season, don't understand why he's captain because of, of the things that we've just <laughs> talked about, things we've just discussed. And then we've got Charlie Hughes, who's the only regular starter of the three, but he's 19 years old. I think there's a problem there. And what I really, really don't like is that when that, cap, that captain's arm man gets passed around during the match. I think it's disrespectful to the captaincy, disrespectful to to the to position that that person holds and the respect that they can command within the team. I think it's something that, that Sean Maloney needs to, to, to sort out. It needs to be somebody reliable and it needs to be somebody who's regularly in the team. We've not got at that at the moment. And, and I think this, this passing around the armband has really got to stop. We simply do not have a captain in our team. You know, some of our yeah. best... Some of our best teams that we've ever had, you could name five or six captains. You know, we've had, there was one era, wasn't there? I think where we had Matt Jackson, Ariane Zoo, Jason DeVos, Ian Brecken, Nicky Eden, other players as well that I've probably not met. Jason Roberts. Yeah, every player could be a captain. Once we lost McLean, for me, we don't have one. So that makes it very difficult for Sean Maloney because I, I don't think he has a captain. I think you're right, Adam. And, and I think that, it's not so much then about the captaincy. I think it's disturbing then that um, we haven't got somebody who, despite this idea of a leadership group, I don't think we've really, really got anybody who's on the pitch regularly, who's able to to be a real, real leader on the pitch. And that's, I think, to some extent, is at the root of our problems at the moment. Well, is that also down to the situation we find ourselves in during the summer? with losing players and we've had Probably. to bring in players that we couldn't sign for any money. Every player that's coming to the club has cost us nothing. I don't mm. know if all our listeners are aware of this, something Gregory Ock told us, that even the loan deals, we couldn't pay a loan fee. So you're dealing with players, basically. And it sounds awful, but you're dealing with players that nobody else wants because they command a fee and we're getting people that we're not paying a fee for. I think that's the type of player that, I'm not saying they're bad players, because I do like some of the players, but they've obviously got some issues about them, whether they're fitness issues or, or inexperience. But I think that's where we've ended up as a result of what happened to us at the end of last season. I was just going to say the late departures of probably the two obvious captains, what Watmore and um, McLean left quite late in the day, didn't they? And, you know, Watmore could have gone a lot earlier you know, like exercised his right to go a lot earlier. And the McLean one came out of nowhere and we, we're not sure what went on there behind the scenes because I'm sure he would have wanted to stay with us. So losing those two, for me, at that stage of the season, I mean, it's not a fault of Sean Maloney or recruitment, but it essentially is the case that what, what whatever the circumstances, we don't have a leader and it means like 
for example, the other week when we had that sending off and it took about five or six minutes to make the sub. Nobody on the pitch was taking that responsibility for the leadership and the organisation. Now, I don't know what Jason Kerr's like. I don't know if he could be a leader because he's back on the grass, as they always say now these days, don't they? I think we need some experience at the back and he, he could be the man also who could be the leader. Well, he skippered his side up in Scotland to two cup victories, didn't he, in the season? So he has he has the experience of leading a team. He, he could potentially be the guy, but he's not fit. This is where we're struggling. There's a couple of interesting things uh, alongside that, I think. There's one was that Sean Maloney recognised just recently. He said in an interview, he was talking about the defence and he said they need some help. And I think he's got his eye then on the on the January transfer windows to be able to bring in some experience. There's, the second point is, is something I mentioned on the last podcast during the week about when people are criticising Sean Maloney, they're not taking into account that the players have to take responsibility for their own actions on the pitch as well. And I think, again, coming back to the issues of ill-discipline, there were examples of that yesterday where, where the players are not taking responsibility for their own actions, that they're, they're potentially costing us the match with, with some of their actions. And that really needs to be eradicated. And it really needs, again, somebody on the pitch who can, who can take more control of these things. We lost the game 1-0. There was an almighty blur up at one point. There was a serious injury to the Stevenage player. I mean, there's lots of things going on yesterday. But I, I still don't think it was a nasty game. Even Steve Evans didn't wind me up yesterday, which I think is probably a first when we've played mm-hmm. against him. Steve Evans was very complimentary about the Latics fans in his interview yesterday. I'm not sure if that, I've not seen that. That's why it's in his interview, but I've not seen, seen it being quoted anywhere in the, on social media. But he was praising the Latics fans that, for the noise that they made yesterday. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I've seen a lot of comments from Latics fans who went. A lot of it positive. One or two negative vibes, as you always get. People travel a long way and the, the team loses. But on they all quite positive and they recognise that the lads put the effort in just not quite there at the moment the referee for all those you didn't know and a name to look out for in future Alan Young we mentioned last week about him being card happy he's extremely card happy the subs yesterday McGuinness for Watts at half time Sean Johnny Smith for Asgard and Humphreys on 58 minutes Pierce for setting on 61 and Callum McManaman came on for uh, Sean Clare in 86 minutes. A couple of quotes. Well, I mentioned the Josh McGuinness quote earlier on. Sean Maloney said, the referee just got it very, very wrong in the majority of what he did today. I've been in the game a long time and I've not seen a referee have that big an impact on a game, which was obviously negative for us. I suspect there might be a fine coming Sean Maloney's way for those comments, as usually happens. He's definitely not refereeing next week because he's he's not going to have time because he has to fill his paperwork in. Oh, gosh, I'll tell you what, I bet he's got some report writing to do. We've no game next week, but we have a game on Tuesday. On Tuesday, we are facing Fleetwood in the Not the Pizza Trophy. Both teams sitting on top of the mini table with a win apiece after Fleetwood beat Tramia Rovers 2-0, and of course, we beat Leicester City 7-1 So what's become the depressing part of the podcast is Ref Watch or as it's perhaps better known from now on play your cards right we've got Birmingham based official Scott Tallis in his first season as an EFL ref having been promoted to the National List this summer from the National League where he'd spent the previous three seasons learning his trade he's taken charge of eight games so far this season issuing 29 yellow cards two reds and three Penalties, a reasonably average number of yellow cards. Let's hope it, it stays around that on, on Tuesday night. 
Previously since Fleetwood gained promotion to the EFL, we have met 10 times. Eight of those coming in the league were we haven't lost. Two have been in the EFL Cup. And unfortunately, we've lost them both. The complete record reads 1-6, drawn two, and lost two. And both of those two defeats... EFL Cup, as I said, and both away at Ibra. Admission prices for this game is ten quid for adults and five pound for concessions, which I think is a bit steep, if I'm being honest. After it was a quid at the last game, season ticket holders there are not really getting a good deal, are they? They basically got one quid off the la- off the last game, and now you're expected to pay ten quid. Why can't a season ticket holder pay a fiver? You know, I just I just think to me we're we're, we're overpricing it and the crowd's going to be minimal. I don't think we'll get more than a thousand. Right, let's do some predictions. Uh, but what we're predicting here, how many players we're going to have on the pitch at the end of the match? Or do you know, I'm I'm still so depressed after the match yesterday. I'm beginning to think I can't even contemplate another football match right at the minute. But rather than predicting it, I'm just going to be hopeful and say, try, let's hope we can get back to winning ways and put the last few weeks behind us. And let's let's hope that we absolutely batter them 4-0. I think this is our cup this year. So I'm going to go for a 3-0 Latics win and progression to the next stage. Seven yellow cards, no reds, and a 2-1 Wigan Athletic victory. 7-0 to the Latics. No, I'm only codding. I'm going to go for 1-1 Latics to win on penalties. So a winning draw. Lovely jubbly. Well, we'll be back on Wednesday where we'll have a little look back at the Fleetwood game. But until Wednesday, up the ticks and come on. Up the ticks. Up the ticks.